Today I want to share with you just a little bit about uh, the, uh, the competing narratives that are, are vying for the message of the day. And I want to just say, first of all, I subscribe to the scriptural narrative of things. I, I believe that God's church should really be at the forefront of speaking the narrative into society. Uh, not secondary, not a byword, not some obscure footnote, but the church should have a very prominent voice in our culture. Uh, the church should be powerful and strong. Uh, we should be convinced of that which we seek to convince others of. How many know you can't convince anyone else of something you're not convinced of? If your life is not transformed or being transformed, it's hard to deliver a message of transformational hope to the world. So we've got to be fully engaged there. And um, I want to extend uh, our condolences here this morning to Roger. Uh, Roger's mom had, had passed away, and uh, we, we love Roger and Ellen and their family. They're uh, great friends, and we love them. And we'll remember you. It's good to, to have you here today. But in Matthew chapter 28, it says, Now after the Sabbath, uh, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and an angel, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the angels shook for fear of him and, be, and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And so quickly... And go quickly and tell those, uh, his disciples, that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into, the, into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with, with uh, fear and great joy and ran to bring the disciples' word. Also, I'd like to uh, read another portion of Scripture here to follow up with that. I think it's verse 11 of Matthew um, 28. It says, Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make sure, make you secure. And so they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Father, we pray that uh, truth will prevail. Lord, that every lie that is formed against God's word and against the, the resurrected Christ, Lord God, would be, Lord, defeated by the truth. We pray that truth will bring transformation into our hearts, our homes, our neighborhoods, our communities, Lord God, in this region. Lord, we are ambassadors of that great truth. 
And Father, we pray that every lie that has ever been shaped or formed, Lord, that may have seeded itself into the ground and into the soil of this region, Lord, would be displaced and thrown into the fire of judgment. And that the truth of God's word, Lord God, would set people free. That the truth of God's word would bring healing into the lives of those, Lord God, who stand today in need of, of healing We pray that this church and all churches, Lord, as one collective body, Lord, in Christ, those who have, Lord, declared their stake, that their uh, constitution is the Word of God, its infallibility, inerrancy, and inspired nature, Lord God, is subscribed to, and it unifies us, Lord, with others of faith in Christ. And Lord, let us reject every lie. Lord, I pray that we will not give time We will not facilitate, Lord, any false narrative because anything, Lord God, that, Lord, um, dulls the message, distorts the message, Lord God, or suppresses the message is not of you. And, Lord God, we know, Lord, as your word says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so, Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that we will be storming gates and not holding the fort, that, Lord, we won't be lying back in fear, but, Lord, we will be advancing in truth and in love, that, Lord God, that this won't be a passive body, but, Lord, we will be an active body. We will be fully engaged with the Holy Spirit and, therefore, effectively engaged with the community and the people around us. Lord, we declare this morning your authority over all places and all points, east and west and north and south. In the name of Jesus, we declare that the word of God is pure, that the word of God is inspired, it is infallible, it is inerrant. Lord, it is transforming and powerful. Lord, the east and the west and the north and the south. Lord, in all points in between, Lord, we pray. And Lord God, we lay claim to the harvest of souls that is yours. And Lord, let us be your hand extended. Let us be your mouthpiece, Lord. Let us be who you have called us to be, who you have saved us to be, and who you have sent us, Lord God, to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning as we think about this, and if you really are charged by the Word of God today, you're gonna get, you're gonna, your fire is going to be raised to another level. And if your wood's a little damp, Holy Spirit, breathe on it and dry it out so that it'll start burning. Amen? Nothing worse than to throw a wet log in the fire and try to get it burning because it doesn't burn. But when we, are, when we are breathed upon by the Holy Spirit, there's a life and a fire and a vitality that is irrefutable and undeniable. And I'm believing that today in this house that God is here I didn't come to just do what I do on Easter Sunday. I came here because Jesus Christ is alive, right? That's why we're here today. And we as the church are not dead because there is no deadness in Christ. Why would we seek the living among the dead? Because Jesus is alive. And, you know, we declare that today, but from this day on, every time we, we walk out the door of our home, we are to represent this living Christ. We're to speak his life into the places of death and darkness and bondage. 
A gentleman, Bruce Larson, said the events of Easter cannot be reduced to a creed or philosophy. We are not asked to believe the doctrine of the resurrection. We are asked to meet this person raised from the dead. In faith, we move from belief in a doctrine to a knowledge of a person. Ultimate truth is a person. We meet him, and he is alive. This morning, the world is looking for evidence to support the narrative. And I want to tell you much of what I hear in the world today is a baseless narrative that is just a waste of breath and energy. And when I say that, I'm talking about all of the, uh, all of the things that uh, purport to represent human wisdom and reject God. Because there is no true wisdom when we reject God. When we don't accept uh, the fact that we are not here by coincidence or accident, but we've been created by the hand of God and given life and breath, we're speaking a narrative that is a waste of time. How many know that the church needs to really be out there in the highways and streets and the alleys and the cities and the communities here and abroad representing the Lord? I mean, that's your call. That's my call. We are not called to passivity, but we need to run as they ran from the tomb, and we need to share the good news. We need to be understand this is a race. We are involved in a race today that we need to win. There's no reason we should lose it. We are running running with the truth or the, the, the false narrative that denies Christ is running ahead of us. That cannot be. That cannot be. God is calling upon you and I as the church to move with the, with the Holy Spirit excitement, with the Holy Spirit empowerment, and to be out there leading the narrative. Wherever we are, whatever we, whatever, wherever we live daily lives, wherever, we enact, where, wherever we're engaged with people, the narrative of Christ needs to be introduced into that place. The Bible says, how shall they call on him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And how many know there's more than one preacher in this room today? There's a lot of different preachers in this place because a preacher is one who makes a declaration and there's absolutely no reason that any of us should not make a declaration of who Jesus is. You don't need a credential. You don't need a diploma uh, hanging on your wall. You don't, need, you, don't need a, you don't need a certificate of authenticity. You know, you don't need a $25 mail-in license. I'm going to tell you, you don't need that. I'll, I'll, write, I'll write you one up for, for $10. And Diane, she'll make it. She can make anything look really good and official, and I'll give it to you for $10. Well, for you, five. Uh, we'll give it to you for five. But this morning, I'm going to tell you, you don't need any of that when you're serving the Lord. You don't need a title other than a child of God who's been saved by the blood of Christ and full of the Holy Spirit who loves people. God's called you and I to uh, be out there representing Jesus actively and aggressively and with great sensitivity, but church, today's not a day to be passive with this good news. 
these ladies came to the tomb and they went forth with haste. They were still trying to process what they had seen and what they had heard. And there are different narratives in the Gospels of what took place. But in this particular text, we see a sense of urgency to get that message out. And today, there has to be a sense of urgency in the body of Christ. There has to be. I'm telling you, you know, people, we can live in denial all we want. Our, our, our world is sinking rapidly. You say, well, I don't believe in the bad news. Well, you need to take your head out of the, out of the hole in the ground because this world is dying apart from Jesus. It's not getting better. How many know that? If you believe the world gets better without Jesus, you are, you're a very foolish person because this world has no, no, no path to getting better, no path to healing, no path to getting whole apart from Jesus Christ. And we need to stop apologizing for making these kind of declarations. We're not here to be part of a cancel culture. We're not here to be woke. We're not here, but I do believe that we as the church need to be woke up. How many of you think that you say, well, that offends me? Good, that means you heard me. But the church needs to be awake, it needs to be alive. Not just here, out there. We've got to be alive, we've got to be moving forward and knowing that the day that we live in is a day of great peril and people are dying without Christ every single moment of every single day. We spend oftentimes, you say, well, Pastor, you're getting a little edgy today. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. Maybe I am crazy. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you this. Church, there's no retirement of your profession of faith. There's no retirement of your, of your uh, testimony. You may retire your job and go to breakfast with every day with these guys here that go to breakfast once a week. Right, Righty? And Oren. And, you know, they go to breakfast every week. That's what happens when you retire. So uh, I would expect that more of you are going to be seeking retirement uh, and joining them. But there's no retirement of your faith. There's no retirement of your tes testimony. In fact, it should only deepen and escalate as you get older. The closer you get to eternity, the more you realize that there's an urgency to this. And I've only got one lifetime to make to, to, to represent Christ. How many are how many of you know you got one lifetime? One lifetime. Your life is like a mist or a vapor that only appears for a very brief time and then it's gone. We got one life to share Jesus. And, you know, people, they get, they get worked up about this. Well, you can't. I, I told you we, we had a group of people that had gone to, I, I don't know what it was called. What was, what was that movie? You, mm, it wasn't, it was Christian movie. What? No, no. Courageous, yes. A group went to see Courageous, and they're, they're, you know, like we as Christians tend to do oftentimes, we sit in the back seat and we begin to analyze and scrutinize and talk about whatever was wrong and needed to be done differently. And the one fellow says, uh, too much Jesus. I got to tell you, that's all we have is Jesus, right? He's not secondary. He's not a little part of the script, right? He's not a little add-on when it's convenient for us. This gospel that worked 2,000 years ago still works today. 
We try to fancy it up and gussy it up and make it more appealing to people. How many understand that the Holy Spirit is quite effective in communicating this gospel with power because he is the only one from where we get the power to be a witness for him? Oh, I I think the vehicle can change and take many shapes, but this gospel is the essential word that we need to be getting forth in urgency. You know, it's one thing, there are a lot of people who do a lot of good things to help others. And that's great. There are a lot of people who don't subscribe to faith, they don't know Jesus, they don't go to church, who are very benevolent and kind. And so as the church, there needs to be a distinction that it's not us, it's Christ in us. They need to be introduced to the, to the reason that the church does the good that it does, you know, because they need to see Jesus. It's one thing if they think we're okay because we do something good, but at some point in all of this, they have to be introduced to Jesus. You say, well, this is pretty simplistic. Yeah, it is. We make it difficult. You know, we hear these different versions of the resurrection, and then we begin disputing it. And I was reading a comment that someone's made. They said, uh, <clears throat> let me see if I can get my eyes big enough to see it. Um, he says, uh, the Bible has one author, and yet that one author used 30 men over a span of 1,500 years and inspired these things to be written in different major languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. How many of you believe that God could have superintended and anointed his word so that we would hear from him? How many of you would say today that the word of God is the foundation or the constitution of your faith in your life? We're building upon the solid rock of Christ. And so the report of the church has to go forward. It has to go forward. There is an urgency today. What you are seeing happen in the Ukraine is nothing compared, and I'm not minimizing, I'm just telling you, it's nothing compared to the designs of hell. You say, what could be worse than that? You know, Satan wants to destroy man's spirit. He wants to destroy man's mind. You see, we're seeing a lot of terrible things that are happening, and we need to be in prayer for all parties involved. But you understand today that Satan is malicious, and his maliciousness has no bounds. There's no lie that is too diabolical for him to construct and to propagate. We're worried about what they're teaching in the schools. I want to tell you something. Here's number one. What are we teaching in our homes? How much of Christ is being shared with our children at home? Because if we're not doing it at home, we shouldn't be complaining about the lies of hell that are being propagated in the world. Because you do not abdicate your position as a parent to the world to educate your children about intimacy, marriage. Come on, church. You know, we can whine about it all day long. Oh, they're teaching this and they're doing that. But I'm going to say this. What are we teaching? What are we speaking at home, not just on Sundays, not just in Sunday school, not just in girls' ministries and ranger ministries and youth, but church, you are the men, you are the priest of your household. And I want to commend you if you're doing this thing, and I want to challenge you if you're not. 
This is the most vital moment of all time. We are living in a day you will never live in another day other than the one that God has placed you in. You're not coming back here again as a turtle or a cow or as, you know, it's not happening. You're born once, you die once. And eternity is so long, so inconceivably long. And that's what this is all about. We're representing hope in a temporary world in an eternal God. I'm going to tell you, how many of you say, Pastor, you've got to calm down a little bit. Because if you say that to me, that ain't going to help it. Because I'm not going to settle down. I'm not here to preach a little sermonette for little Christianettes. I'm not calling you a Christianette. I'm saying you're not here for that and I'm not here for that, Right? How many of you came to church today and you said, hey, hey God, whatever you do, whatever you speak, I'm up for it? Yeah. Not what I want. Too many people come to church and they come in thinking, I, I want it this way and I want it that way and I want it done by this time and I want to have a voice in all of this. But I'm going to tell you something. God is, the, he is in control here. The Holy Spirit runs this joint. You don't. I don't. Come on, church. How many know Holy Spirit runs this house? You don't run it. I don't run it. It doesn't matter how many meetings we have after the meeting and how much of a narrative we have to share with anyone and everyone. There's only one at the end of the day that's going to matter, and that's going to be what God speaks. And he's calling us as the church to a moment of urgency. We need to be running this race well. So, listen. And I guess why I get charged about this is the church has, is the ambassadors of good news. The Bible says that we need to rightly divide the word of truth. Why is that? So we're sharing the truth. Not a distorted, perverted version of the truth, but rightly dividing the word of truth. We are appointed by God and anointed. The author of the gospel, uh, uh, this gospel message is God himself. How many would say here today, the author of this gospel message is God himself? It's God himself. It's not our message. It's not our clever take on it. It's not how clever and cute we can be. It's about letting God free in our lives and in our services and in the things that we do in the world. Let him be free to move as he desires to through our lives. Bible says in Romans 10, 14, How then shall we call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Is it God's call? It is God's calling upon the church to make his appeal to those outside the faith. 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Come on, how many will accept that today? Come on, church. If you don't accept this, I'll stand here all day. You might leave, but I'll stand here by myself. Me and Robin, right, Robin? We are God's ambassadors. Come on, church. What's an ambassador do? Sit and hide at home in the closet? Crawl under the bed and say, oh my, it's getting terrible out there. We're all going to die. Let me tell you something. We don't subscribe to a spirit of death. We're alive in Jesus. Come on, church. You know, when we pray for people, we're not praying dead, formal, uh, heartless, cold, uh, thoughtless prayer, you know, spiritless prayers for people. We're not reciting something that someone said 10,000 B.C., 
I'm not here, as I, I said, I went to a prayer meeting, uh, well, it was a community meeting one time, and I, we sat there, and the, and the brother goes, oh, great God of the universe, thou know the very tingling of our nostril hairs. I want to tell you, I'm not here for nostril hairs today. I want God getting a hold of my heart. I want him to get a hold of hearts here. I want him to turn the church upside down. Quit talking about how bad it is. Oh, do you see how many people weren't in church today? The only reason that should be uttered from anyone's mouth is if you're going to follow up on that and reach out to those who are to get on your face before God and ask God to fill the seats again. Not, oh, we're going down, we're going down. We're going down. I'm not going down. I know I'm not going down. The Bible says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. How many of you say, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going down? It doesn't matter how this all ends. We're going to live our lives until Jesus calls us home. And we don't know when that's going to be, how that's going to be. But at the end of our time, the one thing that will be most important is that we say to the Lord, I, I've lived my life fully for you. And he says, well done. Then you know it's well done. Amen? Give me, how many give me seven minutes? I don't hear anybody saying yes. Okay. I'd rather do it with at least somebody saying it's all right. Uh, so that now we are ambassadors of Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on behalf of, on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. We run away, we run with that resurrection truth. And you know the bad thing about it all? It was the religious community that, that had formed the lie. It's in there, you can read it, right? It was, it was the religious community that formed the lie. And anything that purports itself to be Christ and denies the resurrection power is not of Jesus Christ or God. Anything that denies the gospel of the Lord, it denies the word of God and professes to be Christ is not Christ. Come on, church. You say you're hostile. Well, I am hostile because... I just feel hostile today. I don't know. You ever feel, how many feel hostile today in a loving way? <laughs> the church is focused on getting this good news out. Hell is focused on suppressing and discrediting this good news. Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. I'm going to ask you if you just affirm this in your life. As I, when I stop, if you'd say amen, not to me, but to the word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Amen. Amen. All right, good thing. It's profitable for doctrine, amen. for reproof, amen. for correction, amen. for instruction in righteousness, amen. that the man of God may be complete. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah, you hear that, right? Sometimes it says correction and reproof. And, you know, if, sometimes we wouldn't tolerate that. Because we like the way we're doing things. And we like the way things are going. And we don't want anybody telling us anything different. How many say, God, if I'm going the wrong way, help me, Lord God, graciously. I know you'll help me to turn around and go the right way. If I'm preaching another Jesus, God, forgive me. If I'm preaching another gospel, God forgive me. If I'm preaching a hybrid gospel, Lord forgive me. If I'm not preaching the pure word of the living God, God forgive me. Man shall not live by bread alone, but what? By every 
word that comes forth from the mouth of God. He authored the message. We're all, Tammy, you want to come up and just play? Is Tammy here? Oh, there she is. She, so she, she's, she's uh, yeah, I didn't see her back there, but she's there. There are, she is back there. Revelation 1.17 says, and 18 says, uh, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. See, even Jesus says amen. And he says, and I have the keys of death, of Hades and death. How many believe that today? You know, the keys represent, this is a kingdom with keys. How many of you have keys? Maybe you have a fob today, but normally you'd have a key somewhere, hopefully. You have keys, and it gives you the authority to open the door to your home and to go in, right? Somebody else will come in a different way if they're not coming with good intentions. They'll break your door down. They'll break your window. They'll crawl in your window. I know all these things. Robin told me. (laughs) But I want you to hear The keys give you the authority to open the door. And the Bible, Jesus said, I have given you the keys of the kingdom. Come on, church. You know what those keys are? The keys are the, are, are, the key is the gospel that opens the door to who Jesus is. You have keys. We had a, a, a custodian in Lancaster, and he had the biggest wad of keys I've ever seen in my life. I thought, you know, this was when we were in Lancaster, and I thought, those keys that he has, that's probably for every house in Lancaster, not just the church. I mean, he's walking around like that. You ever see what I mean? I'm a big key. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what all those keys were, but he had a lot of authority. He was entrusted with a lot of authority, or he stole the keys. I don't know, but he had a lot of keys. And you know what, church? You and I have the key. No one else has that key. Nobody else outside the church of the living God. Nobody. Nobody has that key. Except for the church to whom the keys have been given. And the key is that knowledge of the gospel. That we present this gospel with good news. I'm going to ask you if you'd stand. We have those keys. Jesus said that there were those who hindered people. He says in Luke eleven fifty two, 52, Woe to you lawyers, Jesus said, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You have made it impossible for people to receive the knowledge of truth. And he said, you did not enter yourselves and you hindered others from entering in. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, he says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. The truth that unlocks, that, separate, that, that introduces freedom to those who don't know freedom. You have the keys. For people that are locked up in bondage, you have the keys of the gospel that Jesus has afforded you today. This keys, these keys have authority over death, the spirit of death. These keys have the authority over the spirit of death. These keys of revelation unlock access into the kingdom. The gospel is the revelation of Christ. Christ is the word of God become flesh. Knowledge withheld of God is or distorted closes the kingdom to people. Jesus is called the word of God.
It says in Revelation 19, 13, he was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. Exodus 4, he directs the message. He says, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and I will teach you what to say. Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, if you're Pentecostal today, this should really tickle your spirit, right? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Does that do something for you today? Does that stir something inside of you today? Come on now, church. I don't have time to get in arguments with people who say, oh, that wasn't, that's not for today. I gotta tell you something. I, I know it's for today because God gave it to me and he gives it to anybody who's open to receive it. God wants to move and he wants to transform life and he wants to move in each of us and through us. How many believe this word today? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Come on, church. We're not holding the fort. We're not hiding. We're not surrendering the narrative. We're not saying bad news wins the day. That's not true. That's a lie. Bad news is not winning this day because God's church is going to walk in truth and Jesus is going to bring light into dark places. Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The world needs to know that Jesus has said in Hebrews 2.14, he himself likewise shared in the same, our flesh and blood, that through, through death he might destroy him who had the power of darkness, and that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death all their lifetimes and were subject to bondage. Come on, church, I'm going to ask you, you know, I, I, I understand it's Easter, and the, if you're going out to eat, forget it, the Baptists have already beaten you to the buffet. Love them anyhow. Bless them. When they're standing in front of you, bless them. Because you're going to have something to bless them with. You say, I don't know, I left church today. It would be a great thing when people are so so engaged with God that they would say, you know what, I, 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 I just didn't even want to leave church today. You know, how many know that could be an indication revival is near? Not, oh, well, I got to go to church today. I got to get the kids out of bed. I can't believe I got to drag them to church. They don't, get in here, Johnny, Susie, get in the car. I got to tell you, I appreciate you being here, and we love you. This is a family. This, I, I speak these things because, you know, I want this church and all churches as a pastor, our heart is that this church will be fully engaged in the mission and not caught up in all the foolish rhetoric and messing around and distortions and lies and half-truths. But we've got to be in the gospel. 
And you've honored your family by bringing them to the house of God today. And I bless you. I thank you, Lord, for these faithful families, Lord, that have come here today. And these parents who have said, you know, the Easter bunny hopped through town maybe. But I'm going to tell you, Jesus Christ came and he did for you what no one can do. And we're going to celebrate Jesus. You say, I, this is hard. I, my kids have to sit through a service. I'm going to tell you, I, you know, I grew up in church. I grew as a kid. And you know what? It didn't matter whether I liked it or I understood it or anything else at that point. I, it's just, my parents knew enough that it was just good for me to be exposed to the Word and the Holy Spirit that eventually at some point it was going to do something beyond my understanding. Come on. You say, my kid's getting ginchy and he wants to go. Let, let me tell you something. Show them something here today that we're not just simply pacifying them until the service is over, but we actually are believing that God's going to meet them today, that God's going to touch them with the Holy Spirit, that God's going to reveal something to them that we don't think they could understand. See, that's the problem. A lot of times we think these kids can't understand this stuff, and you are saying the Holy Spirit cannot communicate to them what I don't believe they can understand. That is not true. Holy Spirit, come down on these precious children. Lord, the youngest child, Lord God, come on. How many are going to ask for Holy Spirit of God to come down on these kids today? Lord, fill them in this house. Lord, we pray over our kids, our grandkids, Lord, that something, Lord, that's seated in their hearts, Lord God, that might not make any sense to them at the moment, Lord God, is going to be part of a bigger, 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 bigger plan that God has for them, and they're going to see it all as they advance. Hallelujah, Lord God, we praise you. We praise you, Lord God Almighty. Come on, let's just take a moment and do this. Oh, Lord, we praise you. People say you shouldn't do this on Easter. You have guests. Let me tell you, I love you with all my heart, and I'm glad you're here, but I'm not holding back for you because I believe God wants to do something for you today that requires me to be bold and not to walk in the way that puts together a nice little package for you to take home. God wants to rock your world. He wants to change your life. He wants to save you. He wants to feel you. He wants your family to be whole. He wants your family to be whole. If you're here and you have a broken, fractured family, God wants to heal that family. That's why I'm invested here today. That's why I'm passionate. That's why I'm not always on script because I believe God's speaking something that I don't completely understand, but I'm willing to go where he takes me and I'll speak what he has for me because you're worth it. God brought you here today. God offered this day, this moment as a divine appointment. If you don't know Jesus as your savior, I want to tell you, he will not bite you. He will love you. He will hold you. He will forgive your sin. He will heal your soul. He will give you peace of mind. He will lead you forward. He has a plan for your life that you can't even conceive of. But if you'll just say, Lord, I surrender to you today. I don't understand this church stuff and this rambling man standing up front. I don't understand all this stuff. But I believe that I was put here for a reason and a purpose by someone who created the reason and the purpose. And Lord, I pray that if anyone has never asked Jesus to be Savior and Lord, that today will be that day. That Jesus Christ came and he laid down his life for us. I want to tell you, I don't care if you've been in church a thousand times this week. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, 
Yeah, you know, you, you're going to miss out on the most important part of all of it. If you could get to heaven by going to church in and of itself, or you could get to heaven by doing more good than bad, I want to tell you what would happen. Jesus would have stayed in glory and never came to this earth to die because it wasn't necessary because we could do it for ourselves. But Jesus came to do for us what we can't do for ourselves, to save us, to heal us. And Lord, we ask for forgiveness today of our sins. Lord, we've all sinned, all of us, Lord God. It doesn't matter if we're standing here with a jacket and tie or, Lord, a T-shirt and shorts or whatever it might be. Lord, we've all sinned and we need help. We need forgiveness, Lord, and we accept that what God gave His Son to do was meant for my forgiveness and my redemption. I invite the blood of Jesus to cleanse my heart from the sins that have rocked and ruled over my life. I ask Jesus to break the bondage today of addictions. Lord, if there's anyone in here addicted, Lord, to anything, whether it be drugs or whether it be some lifestyle or something, Lord God, that is not of you, I pray, Lord God Almighty, that today will be the day that through the blood of Christ and the resurrection of our Lord, that those chains are going to fall to the ground. Lord, I praise you and I thank you today. Lord, I praise you for those that are committing their lives. I receive grace into my heart. I receive forgiveness in my heart. I receive Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord. And I don't know even where to go from here, but Lord God, I may not understand what he's saying, but I realize that, Lord, there's something inside of me that is calling out for what he's talking about. And Lord, I ask today that you would forgive us of all of our sins. Wash them away. There's someone here who may think that your sin is too deep, too strong, it's just too damaging, that it can't be forgiven, and its damage can never be mitigated. I want to tell you that God can make you whole today. God can make you whole. He can make your life whole. He can forgive you of all your sin. He can heal your past. And the great thing is He can remove the bondage of guilt. Some are feeling pretty guilty today when we talk like this. As we think, I, I know God forgives, but I still feel so guilty about all of this. I want to tell you, how many just say here right now, God, I'm, I'm going to receive complete deliverance from guilt. Oh, Lord, you've forgiven me of the sin. I brought it to you, and the blood of Jesus has washed my sins away. And Lord, I want to walk in the knowledge that, Lord God, I am free. I am free. I am free. You know, this morning as we close it, where we come to this time where we're going to sing, I'm going to invite them to sing. And if you, you know, you're always free to come to this altar. We're not going to, Holy Spirit of living God is, is drawing people in. And I, I want to tell you, according to God's word, if you believe in him in your heart, you make confession of Christ with your mouth. The Bible says that you will be saved. I'm going to heaven. How about you? I am going to heaven. How many can say that today because of Jesus Christ? I am going to heaven because of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to heaven. I'm not hoping to go to heaven because uh, I hope that something works out for me there. I'm going to tell you, if you know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to say it with me. I know I'm going to heaven in Jesus' name. Come on, church. I know I'm going to heaven in Jesus' name. And I know while I'm here, come on, I know while I'm here, I am called to represent him. I am to live Jesus 
in the dark places, in the places, Lord, that are lit up. And Lord, never to shy away from that word. Never apologize for it. But to receive the Holy Spirit's bold authorization and enabling to speak this truth in love. Hallelujah. Hold the hand of your kids as we sing these chorus. And, and I want you to receive this from me. This is a, I'm always very intense. And I, it's not because I don't love you. It's I do love you. I'm going to work on, a, on smiling a little more. I'm going to go home and look in the mirror and smile some more. My heart's smiling today. My heart's really smiling because Jesus is doing something here. But I want to tell you, if you don't have a place of worship, this is a great place to come. I'm not here just to sell you on this church, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to minimize it either. This is a great place to come worship the living God. It's a church full of imperfect people who are saved by the grace of God, who are growing in their faith. Their lives are being transformed. Hold your kids' hands if you would. And I'm going to ask those who serve, and we're not going to do anything long. I just want you to see who's, uh, I'm going to ask Crystal if you're here, and the uh, and all of the uh, pastoral staff, if you would come with your spouse, just stand here a moment. I know you're not planning. Man, those Baptists, they're going to be done. That's the one good thing. They'll be done. You can go in and take, take, take claim over the place. But would you come? I'm going to ask you just to do this. These are the people that are, that are here to serve you. There's a lot of people who serve who don't hold titles and not have position, but we're kind of moving with a vision and a focus. I want to say this today to make it very clear to everybody in this house. This is not my vision. This is the vision that God has given us through prayer. And we're going to minister to the whole families, to families. Because Jesus has given all, we believe that God wants us to give our very best. And we thank all of you who serve. Uh, I see the Moffats, uh, they take care of our little infants and toddlers, and we love and appreciate them. And all those who are not in this built room right now may be doing something. Many people serve. But as we close, uh, we're going to worship today, and I believe it would be good for we as leadership to just uh, to be counted and to be seen and present. We have uh, Kevin and Remy Wartloff. They offer pastoral care. And they, and they do uh, deep prayer with people who would like to have times of prayer uh, that need just liberty and freedom. We have Jeff and Leah Dietrich, and they, they're, they're working our, our discipleship uh, focus and core, and we love them and appreciate them. We see it growing and advancing and moving forward. We encourage you on Wednesday evenings to bring your children to church uh, and your family, because when you come to the Bible study, there are select, there are a group, uh, a handful of Bible studies that are directed and geared toward ministering and helping you to grow, and they're things for your kids. We have the Honeycuts here. Joe and Crystal, they minister to our children on Sunday mornings. They lead the team, and they love, they love your children, and they'll care for them. And i got to tell you, it's not just playtime. They're growing in the Word. From a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise through faith. In Christ, through faith. 
You know, this morning, my wife here, Robin, we're, we'd be delighted. Some of you are new here, and we want you to know we'd be more than happy to meet with you, uh, to go out with you, to have you over for supper or go somewhere with you, sit and chat over coffee, whatever's needed. Any of these fellas and their wives and any of the ladies and their husbands are here to serve you. And then we have uh, the Bennetts here. We love them. Bree is, uh, and Matt and uh, Bree's uh, finalizing and working toward her credential with the Assemblies of God, been serving in our youth ministry here, doing a fabulous job. If you have teenagers and you need for them to get connected with something healthy and you're tired of the world uh, 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 taking and hijacking the narrative into their lives, we have a great group here, a great group here, and we love them. And Josh and Sarah Little, Josh is, he, uh, he I, I, I liken Josh to a, uh, a Joshua. Well, that is, that's who you are, Joshua Little. But I mean, that fed, I didn't even realize that. But, uh, you know, Joshua, he's, uh, he's, he, he's taken inventory of, the, uh, of where the needs are in the community. And he's saying, we're going to reach this community for Jesus. And uh, has a vision and a passion. in competition we're in with one another we're in agreement and we're in agreement with the, the church of the living God in the area that wants to take this region for his glory I have a great worship team here too. we're going to close here and these are here offered and as we sing we're going to worship and then uh, as we do if you don't mind just extending your hands toward this body of people and offering a, a, a pastoral blessing and a ministry blessing over those who have come. We have seniors ministries here, Don and Tony Green. Would you lead us at standing words? What you have? Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.